Welcome back, folks, to episode 10 of the Subcockles of Reddit, your one-stop station for online vindication. Also highlighting and featuring a lot of troubles, trials, and tribulations from the masses of the internet. I am your host, The Buck, with my co-host, The Raz, and today we have a special reader with us, uh, my dearest caregiver, Katie. And uh, I gotta tell you, I'm pretty excited about today, Raz. And I'd like to start off by giving you some great, fantastic news. Yeah, you already gave it to me, and I think you're fucking psychotic. Yes. I'm also very bored. <laughs> so. Go on. A couple, of, a couple of weeks ago, my good old buddy, old pal Raz and I were sitting here talking about DoorDash. And I'm relishing over how awesome it is. And how I'm like a fantastic DoorDash customer. Blah, 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 and Raz just drops his bomb on me. I can't get DoorDash, can't get Grubhub, can't do anything, had to wait two hours for Uber Eats. And I, like, I've never been to your place, but I, I just, I just got this feeling. And I, I started looking at you yeah, on, on Apple Maps, and I was like, wait a second. There's no way. There's no way. So I went to my DoorDash app, and I typed your address in, and then lo and fucking behold, we don't service your area. I immediately, immediately started an email slash phone call campaign to the people at DoorDash. And I even made good on my threat to write them three emails a week until they got back to me with some, some explanation or, you know, some satisfaction so i even went so during this i like i said i i made good on my threats i actually started this mass email campaign because i'm that fucking bored start looking up restaurants in raz's area i'm writing to doordash i'm like hey what what's the deal are you telling me that my boy raz can't get himself a freaking double cheeseburger when mcdonald's is only 2.5 miles away like what is this I even went as far as calling the local Pizza Hut that is 2.6 miles away from you. And I called them up and I'm like, hey, whoa, whoa. what's your delivery range? They told me about 15 miles. And I was like, okay, do you deliver to this address? And they were like, yeah. I was like, not according to DoorDash, you don't. And he just, like, he was flabbergasted. I was like, don't worry about it, man. Can I put your name in the email that I'm writing to Pizza Hut? He said, sure. I don't have his permission to put him out on blast here on the internet. But boy, oh boy. I'll tell you what, man. I just, I, it just bothered me and bothered me and bothered me. So I got it fixed. My boy Raz can get himself some DoorDash now. You know what I mean? Hey, you know what? I'll do. I, hey, you know what? Like, you can carry shit for me. You can do shit for me. I can't do shit for you. This is my way of contributing you know, I'm and being a reciprocal friend. I'm probably never going to use it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You no longer need to feel left out. I don't know if you ever did before, but I felt left out for you, which is why I fixed it. And that's just all there is to it. I got a great attitude, and that's just all there is to it. And entirely you too know? much free time. Uh, you know what? That's the beauty of retirement. But uh, either way, I've got some real delightful content for you. 
coming right from the front page of the internet. Because, see, what people don't realize about Reddit is that you can find literally everything on Reddit. Wouldn't you agree, Caregiver Katie? Just about. Just about. And so, today, I am going to start this off by seeing, taking Raz's temperature and seeing how uh, some, some content from r slash dad jokes. Oh, for and r Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And r slash puns. Because, you know what? It's on there. And these are the clean ones. You know, we can we can we can do the NSFW ones later, but this is just your this is just it. So, Raz, today I decided to make sure that my wife woke up with a big smile on her face this morning. That's why I can't have Sharpies in the house anymore. And now that the cricket farted, how do you fix a cracked pumpkin? How, how do you how do you fix a pumpkin? I was going to say, man, this is like pulling fucking teeth. Can you at least say how? All right. With a pumpkin patch. Why did the cow sniper fail his mission? I don't know. Why? Because he just grazed him. Yes. Those are, those are three little nuggets from r slash dad jokes. We'll, 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 we'll. Finish with r slash dad jokes by asking you, what is it called when a banana eats a banana? I don't know. What I don't. It's called. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to say it, but I'm going to try. Can say it. Banana bananalism. Can of bananalism. Yeah, can of bananalism. Thank you. That one wasn't funny. I needed help with that. That wasn't great. All right. So from r slash puns riot at the beer garden it turned into a real brouhaha what do you do with a sick chemist if you can't he- if you can't heal him and you can't cure him then you gotta bury him nothing okay fine you soulless twat why is the temperature in hospitals so low? Well, do you want the actual answer or do you want to go with your joke? I would like the joke. Proceed. So that they can keep the vegetables fresh. <laughs> All right. I really thought I was going to get a rise out of you with that one. I got another joke for you, but I can't tell it to you on the air. So we'll just wait. Then move on. We'll do- well, well, no, 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 no. Now I just want to know what the real answer is. Why do they keep the answer? Why do they keep the temperature in hospitals so low? Infection control. You got to keep the humidity down because once you get the uh, humidity in the air, you can breed bacteria. Oh my god, I like my answer so much better. Uh, well, whatever. You know, as you can see, Raz isn't the biggest fan of the corny dad jokes. Maybe we can get him. Uh, maybe we can get a, a hearty guffaw. You know, with some more content from the NSFW sites. But also on Reddit, you can find a cornucopia of people just serving shit to one another. You know, somebody goes on there and does some bullshit, and Reddit will come back and fire at will. And here is an example from Murdered by Words. (laughs) Okay. R slash Murdered by Words. Okay. So, this is from Fuzzy Wuzzy Lumpkin. Of course it is. Who 
Uh, well, he responds or he he posts response to an influencer. Okay. And influencers are crazy about this. You see this all the time. And this is just a really good example of of somebody giving someone breaking giving into your house. No. 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 <laughs> all right. But anyhow, in response to an influencer, I'm emailing in regards to a possible collaboration on social media. My name is Blank. I work as a social media influencer, mainly lifestyle, beauty, and travel-based. I have over... I work as an influencer. I... Okay. Continue. Yes. Yeah, exa exactly. I have over 87,000 YouTube subscribers. Uh-huh. Yes. As well as 76,000 Instagram heart, uh, followers. My partner and I are planning to come to Dublin for an early Valentine's Day weekend from February 8th to 12th to explore the area. And? As I was searching for places <laughs> to stay, I came across your stunning hotel and would love to feature you in my YouTube videos slash dedicated Instagram stories slash posts to bring traffic to your hotel and recommend others to book up in return for free accommodation. Last year, I worked with Universal Orlando in Florida, and it's been amazing for them. Let me know if this, <laughs> I, uh, me know if this is something you would be interested in. So, we get somebody from, uh, from the hotel who responds back to them. Thank you for your email looking for free accommodation and return for exposure. It takes a lot of balls to send an email like that, if not much self-respect and dignity. If I let you stay here in return for a feature in your video, who is going to pay the staff to look after you? Who is going to pay the housekeepers who clean your room, the waiters who serve your breakfast, and the receptionist who checks you in? Who's going to pay for the light and heat that you use during your stay? The laundering of your bed sheets. The water rates. Maybe I should tell my staff they will be featured in your video in lieu of receiving payment for work carried out while in while you're here. Hold on a second here. Lucky for us, we too have a significant social media following. We have 186,000 subscribers on our two Facebook pages an estimated 80,000 uh, followers on our Snapchat, and 32,000 on Instagram, and a paltry 12 grand on our Twitter. But Jesus Christ, I would never in a million years ask anyone for anything for free. I also blog a bit, which is as far as I am aware is another way of saying write stuff on the internet. The above stats do not make me better than anyone else or afford me the right to not pay for something everyone else has to. In the future, I'd advise that you offer to pay your way like everyone else. If the hotel in question believes that your coverage will help them, maybe they will give you a complimentary upgrade to a suite. This would show a lot more self-respect on your part. And let's face it, it would be much less embarrassing for you. Here's a little video I, I produced, which, may, which you may learn from. Best regards, management at this hotel. <laughs> And you know, I just I love seeing people get served with shit like this. So this is this is an influencer 
trying to get something for free on Murder by Words. And then uh, that was put on blast for uh, doing that on Murder by Words. But then we have somebody else who just likes to, to ruffle their own tail feathers and is apparently a very avid speed reader. And I assure you that when you come out with some bullshit on Reddit, everybody's on fucking Reddit and somebody will do the fucking math. Somebody will, will complete... You can't round up the truth, people. And this is a perfect example. He has superhuman reading speed. Again, from r slash murdered by words from user Beer Belly Be Gone. Original poster puts, same, I can read a 500-page book in 30 minutes, mostly because long paragraphs that are not spaced correctly make my eyes sore. Okay. This is the response that he gets. You can't read a 500-page book in 30 minutes unless it's a picture book. The <laughs> average wide speed. Yeah. The, and again, can't round up the truth here. All right. Somebody actually math this out. The average wide space novel has 250 words per page, meaning you're reading 125,000 words in 30 minutes or 4167 words per minute. The average reading speed is 300 words per minute, with faster readers reaching 700 words per minute. Neuroscientists say that claims of reading up to 1,000 words per minute must be viewed with skepticism. So basically, you're a massive liar. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and, and I just... Reddit loves to fact-check people. You say something, uh, you, better be, you better have some fucking backup, man, because they are going to uh, internet sleuth your ass into oblivion. Pretty much. And that's the Boston Bombers you know, how that worked out. Yeah, right. And I gotta tell you what, I am I am very fortunate because I'm actually sitting here again with Caregiver Katie, who introduced me to Reddit seven years ago and uh and pretty much forgot more about it than I ever knew. And uh, you know, what 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 do you, what are your particular, you know, feelings about some of the things that we find here? You know, Reddit was my gateway to snark. Uh, so far, yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> Reddit has everything. Reddit has everything, especially a very robust and glorious, glorious collection of pornographic material from the far reaches of everybody's imagination. If it if it exists on the internet, there's porn of it. And Reddit is the one that made that possible. So my, my hat goes off to Reddit. But so along with, you know, all these, you know, little blurbs about people just getting served with their own little social justice and stuff like that. We go back to the typical, are you the asshole or am I the asshole? Today I fucked up. This is fucked up. You know, all those, all those other subreddits. And as glorious as their content is, I'm just not the guy who can, who can do it justice by reading it. And so I went ahead and I talked to myself and I said, self. That's what you call yourself. That's, that's what I started calling myself after, after my buddy Raz started calling himself self. And I was like, you know what, that's a good moniker. So I said, self, who would I recruit to read in my stead 
I need somebody with, you know, all the qualifications that can, you know, essentially put up with my bullshit. And it would really help if you needed like a credit card to hear their voice, you know, like, so I was like, Hey, you know what? Caregiver Katie's got herself a good voice. And I always feel like I need a credit card when I talk to her on the phone. So we're going to turn this over to caregiver Katie. And she's going to read us a couple of posts that she carefully curated for us from the, uh, from the subcockles of Reddit. I will turn the mic over to you, my, my, you know, esteemed guest host. Thank you. Happy to fondle the subcockles Reddit with you guys. Are you going to fondle them or not? Give me a moment. I'm warming up. <laughs> All right. So I thought we would start with, you know, our oldie but goodie, Am I the Asshole? Uh, I actually found it this morning right before we started recording. And I liked it so much because, yeah, it is. Am I the asshole for firing an employee returning from maternity leave? Probably. This is from user, <laughs> user happy mind 2618 I feel like the devil right now, so I'll accept whatever judgment you all have. I run a team of about six people. Our company offers a large amount of maternity leave, 10 months. One of my employees got pregnant recently. I'll call her Jess. Our team does project-based work, and in the period between her leaving for maternity leave, we finished up the project we were working on when she left and started working on our project without her. During this period, our team had to adapt to working without her expertise in certain matters. We adapted, and eventually some of us developed the skills needed to do some of her workload. The situation we have now is me and two others split half that work that Jess used to do. We hired someone new to come into the team to handle the other part of Jess's workload and then some. <clears throat> this new employee came at significantly reduced cost, so he was straight out of uni, and we pay him a fraction of what Jess costs currently. Now Jess has come back to the team, but there is another issue. Our firm has informed us that we, for some fucking reason, no longer have the budget for a seven-person team and we'll have to let someone go. This news came about when I submitted the paperwork for Jess's return. We are at five months into a project that should take an estimated 10 months, and my decision came down to Jess and the man we hired to replace her. The reason we hired a replacement, which is not normally what we do, is because we anticipated that for this project, the workload would be far greater than our current capacity, which it is not. As you can tell by the title, I chose the replacement. I did so for the following reasons. Far cheaper, thus freeing up a lot more money than keeping Jess on. He was up to date with the project, and we would be able to move forward seamlessly, whereas with Jess, we would have to take time catching her up to speed on half the project. The clients already knew and liked working with him, whereas they didn't know Jess at all. She's been out of the field for a prolonged period, whilst he has been here for the past nine months so she may or may not find it hard to adapt back to work life, whilst with him it isn't a question. He performed his work better than she did hers and interacted better with the team. Obviously, the ideal situation which I wanted was to keep both and not put a new single mother with no other job lined up out in the cold, but I had to do right by the team and firm. 
I told her I'd write her a brilliant letter of recommendation and that in a few months she could try to apply for a job at our firm. Hopefully, we'll have the budget. But she snapped at me and told me not to bother, called me a cunt, and left. I know I sound cold and heartless, but I had to be fair to both employees, not just Jess, right? Am I the asshole? Fire at will. You're the asshole, but not because of why you think. So go ahead. I'll let you start, Buck. No, I, I actually, I really want to follow you on this one because it seems like you've already got your gun loaded. I don't. Well, like I, you're, you're, his, his rationale is he's got to do right by the company. Well, son, you done fucked up. <laughs> um, you done fucked up, son. Uh, and here's why. Is anytime someone's going to be out for, uh, I forget what the, day, the amount of days is. It's not that long, though. Um, it's, like, it's right around a week, I believe. Uh, you ha- are obligated as an employer. You are not only just requi- like required to do it if they ask, but you are obligated to inform them of their rights under the Family Emergency Medical Leave Act, FMLA. So I, I can virtually guarantee that this person either did fill out FMLA paperwork or you failed to give it to them. Either way, you're fucked because once FMLA guarantees you're going to hold their job and you, mm-hmm. uh, the amount of time that she was out, I, I guarantee you she did not expire that FMLA. I believe it's one year. I'd have to actually look up the statute. But I, I believe it's you have to hold the job for one year. So by you dismissing Correct. her, by, when she came back at the nine-month period, you, son, done fucked up. And you are going to owe them an substantial amount of money. So, yeah, you, you screwed up. You screwed up bad. You're the asshole. They're definitely the asshole. And, but, but at the same time, though, your, H, your HR company should have been, or department should have been on top of this. No shit. I mean, like, where the fuck is the failure in that one? Um, it, you know, sounds, job. it sounds like a smaller company that probably doesn't have an HR department. It's probably just their CEO acting as the HR. Um, I, I cannot stress this enough. If you are a small company and you can't afford to have a dedicated HR or risk management person, you need to contract with a company that will uh, at least spot check your work a couple times a month. Oh, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, FMLA is kind of a, you know, a hot topic issue, especially for caregiver Katie and I, you know, like the, those things exist for a reason, you know, wouldn't, what, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, about FMLA being awesome, you know, they should freaking protect it. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, so if we're talking in the context of parental leave, not just maternity leave, parental leave, um, our country li- dis- abysmally is a failure at that. Um, however, when she says FMLA our country, does... she's referring to the United States because we do have listeners from outside the country. Oh, yeah, that's true. The United States is an abysmal failure at, at you protecting. G- you g- um... jingoist. <laughs> Wait, what? I didn't hear him. What did you call her? Keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's that. As, as well as, like, FMLA is the only thing we got that will protect, you know, any sort of medical thing from anyone. I was almost fired, and, I, and I, my manager actually was like, nope, she's got FMLA paperwork pending. And got that ball rolling really fast. 
and yeah. as a as an employee anywhere you go, uh, it ask for the FM, if you're going to be out for more than like two days, just ask for the FMLA paperwork. That way, it's at least documented that you asked. Do it in an email. Do it in an email. <laughs> Do everything in an email. Yeah, uh, I've actually um, I, I've got a horrible, horrible situation dealing with an HR person uh, right now, and I will not communicate with them anywhere other than in in written form. I just won't, just because of the, the situation that this person's causing. Uh, and they're just, so it, it's, you got to make sure you document that stuff. Uh, and yeah, this dude done screwed up. It's going to cost that company a lot of money if this woman has any sense about herself. Yeah, Captain Fantastic done fucked up on that one, man. I want to do what's best for the company. Mm. Well, the best thing for the company oh. is not to have a massive lawsuit and fines from the federal government. Yeah, uh, you know, at this point in time, the best thing a company could do is fire you and start apologizing. And give her your job. <laughs> That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And as far as I'm aware being pregnant or recently pregnant as in coming back to the workforce from pregnancy is a protected status it is it so absolutely is it's not just wrongful termination there's you know civil rights stuff in there too well hell i mean like do you remember when my first kid was born well, there, there, my ex-wife and i just to touch on something uh, the, the wrongful termination you know that, that can only apply in some states uh, but just the FMLA violation alone, though, uh, that's that's a federal civil rights lawsuit. So, anyway, continue your first. Yeah, I was just I, my my first wife and I. Do you remember the FMLA nightmare we had when my first kid was born? I do not. Oh my gosh! So, you know, she gets pregnant, works for about six months. Doctor says. We don't want you working in a prison after six months. So we apply for FMLA, you know, through through the county HR, and uh, and they tried to balk on us. They actually said, you know, if she can't work, you know, light duty can only be extended for two weeks or something. They were trying to go off the light duty policy, mm -hmm. and we were like, no sick time, bitches. No, 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 like. We understand that we only get paid for our PTO, but they they wanted to just get rid of get rid of my ex wife and be like, well, well, you know, too too bad, so sad, you know, should have made better choices. And it's like, what? Oh my gosh! So we had she actually got fired, and then probably three days later, they realized that they really messed up. And then they let her back on light duty. Because they were like, we don't have FMLA, but we'll let you on light duty. And... That's what they were saying. Like, like, how can you have F no FMLA? It's a federal fucking program. Like, everybody has to have it. And they tried to... It's a law. Yeah. It's like, they tried to go back and forth with us about it. I mean, obviously, my ex-wife didn't lose her job. You know, that... That ended, you know, all's well as end well. But it was a it was a pain in the ass, and a lot of people, they they have to deal with that on a daily basis, and I don't understand why. But like, you know, the law the law is the law. And the funny thing is, too, like with with light duty, quote unquote, uh, if if a, an employee is injured on the job, you are required to either 
Give them light duty assignment if you can accommodate it. Gotta be reasonable, but you can if you can accommodate it, you have to. Or you can send them home, but you have to pay them. You have to pay them the full rate for X amount of time, and then it reduces to 70%. Uh, now, if the person has an unwork-related injury or condition, you do not have to offer them light duty. You do not. That you can force them to nope. be off on their own time. But that's, they can still apply for FMLA. <laughs> yeah. Which, for those non, not familiar with FMLA, FMLA is... Uh... Families with Medical Leave Act, it guarantees your job if you have to stop working for a period of time to take care of yourself or someone in your family. Like your handicapped husband. Yeah. This is like, no, she ran into problems with FMLA at her own work, too, because of me. Like, it was just, you know, this FMLA shit's a real fuckaloo. All right. Either way, we'll move along. What do you what do you got next in this uh, in this comedy monkey go round? So I grabbed two very short stories for from r slash uh, pro revenge. Ooh. Because we hear a lot about assholes on the internet, but very rarely do we get to see any kind of like karmic justice. Oh, I was going to say assholes because mm. we see a lot of assholes on the internet. I mean, I got some websites I can send you. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I've, got, I've got them. We're good. Anyway, um, both of these stories i found appear to come out of the united kingdom so currencies and pounds a couple of you know little colloquialisms radio but first one my eight pound 50 uh pence revenge on cheating thieving x when i was at uni i started dating this guy at first, he was wonderful, dedicated to his studies, fun to be around, attentive, and always surprising me with things, working hard at his job, etc. Then, bit by bit, things unraveled. He started skipping classes. Then, he barely bothered to go at all. Worse still, he never helped around the house. Never washed up, cleaned up, did laundry, nothing. He was even fired from his job for too many no-shows. All he wanted to do was sit at home and play Xbox or browse the message boards and forums. This was in the days before social media, when dinosaurs roamed the earth. This left me having to pick up extra shifts, sometimes double and triple shifts, all while going to class and studying. I later learned that this was a pattern for him. He'd be really dedicated to whatever he set his heart on, then get bored, and fall back into old, bad habits. Then he'd find a new passion, rinse and repeat. I knew I should have ended the relationship much sooner, but I held out the hope that he would snap out of it that maybe it was just exam stress getting to him. I desperately wanted things to go back to how they were, but it was not meant to be. To be. I caught him cheating and threw him out. I was so stressed with everything that it wasn't until the next day that our joint savings account crossed my mind. There was a little over 5,000 pounds in there, and a bar, bar a few hundred from him, the rest was money I had saved. I checked the account. It was all gone. My ex had cleaned out the account and moved into a new flat with his side chick. I called the bank. There was nothing they could do. He was authorized on the account. I contacted the police. They told me there was nothing they could do since it was a joint account, so nothing criminal had happened. They suggested taking it to civil court, but I said I'd probably spend more money than I got back in legal fees, so it was likely it wasn't worth it. 
My ex had stolen 5,000 pounds and there was nothing I could do about it. I felt like such an idiot. I got even angrier when I saw his posts on various forums boasting about his new game consoles, new games, new TVs, and gadgets, all bought with my money. I'm not usually a vengeful person. Petty on occasion, sure, but I never wanted the exact revenge to exact revenge as much as I did right then, and I knew just how to do it. While I was a student, I tempt every summer to help pay for my studies. One such job had been for a debt collection agency. The work was as shitty as you can imagine, but it paid really well, and it was only for a few months. My ex had been dodging debt for many years. He was very proud of that fact. He was also proud of the fact that his debt was close to, to being statute barred and he hadn't paid a penny. For those of you who don't know, in the UK, creditors have about six years to collect a debt, and then it becomes statute barred. That means the money is still owed, but collect or creditors have no legal way to enforce payment, such as using bailiffs. My ex was just a few months away from reaching statute barred status. However, what a lot of people don't know is that making a payment on that debt resets the clock. If you pay any amount, then that six years starts from scratch. Previously, I had used my inside <laughs> I know what she did. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Previously, I had used my insider knowledge to help him dodge the debt. Now I would use it to hit him where it hurt. By the end of our relationship, I was handling everything, including his debts. I had the paperwork, so I knew who he owed and how much. I called his creditors up. I was honest and said I was a friend calling to make a payment on his behalf. I didn't pretend to be him because that would be a big legal no-no. They weren't allowed to disclose any details, but they were able to take payment. I paid the mm. minimum I could on each debt, about a pound on most, but one had a minimum payment of a pound fifty. It was the best £8.50 I had ever spent. I also made sure to give them his new address and contact details, as well as his parents' address. Having worked in the biz, I knew they couldn't change the address since I wasn't the account holder, but they would note it. They had various systems where they could search for his name against that address and see if anything came up. If they got a hit, they'd change the address. The trap was set. All I had to do was wait. A few months rolled by, then it happened. His posts on the forums went from boasting about his new gaming PC to panic about a court date. He called me and begged for advice. I told him to F off. <laughs> Seeing I wouldn't help, he asked for advice in the forums. One of his online friends told him not to turn up to court, that they wouldn't be able to prosecute without him there. It was terrible advice <laughs> and was 100% untrue. That's 100% wrong, buddy. <laughs> That's exactly what she says, 100% untrue. In fact, not showing up is one of the worst things you can do, especially in civil court. That's this was getting better <laughs> That's referred to in the better. United States as a default judgment. <laughs> a court date came and went. My ex naturally didn't go. A few weeks later, my ex posted photos of his empty flat. Bailiffs had cleaned him out and taken every last one of his shiny new gadgets and toys. On top of that, he ended up with several county court judgments. These are a big deal and can uh, seriously damage your credit history, making it hard to get bank accounts outside of basic ones, near impossible to get credit, including a mortgage. And it can also make it hard to rent a place since many landlords don't like renting to people with CCJs as they're considered high risk. He also won't be able to find jobs in the financial, financial sector. 
Now that he was broke and didn't have nice things, his side chick left him. I never got my 5,000 pounds back, but it felt good to see everything he bought with his ill-gotten gains taken away. Hope that 5,000 pounds was worth it. For anyone wondering how a student accrued six years of debt, he started at the university I attended when he was 25. He had initially gone to a different university at 18, but dropped out, blah, blah, blah. There was no big age difference that has no pertinent information to the story. Good pick. Good pick. I'm, 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 I like I'm curious as to why she said it was a short one, though. <laughs> Who cares? It's, it's pro-revenge. That is a short one. That's, see, again, I forgot. I, 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 she knows more about Reddit accidentally than I, knew, than I do on purpose. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, 5,000 pounds is $5,500. The actual, it's like 55.74 in cents. Okay, so, you know, just to keep that in perspective, it's actually more than $5,000. Just, just so that, just in case the people who really believe that, you know, the U.S. dollar is the, uh, is like the the highest of high. No, no, it is not. There are currencies that are valued at more than ours, and the British pound actually happens to be one of them. Ew. So five um, five thousand pounds, fifty five hundred bucks. Fuck. You know what? Never mind. I'm not. Never mind. Keep going. That was it. Okay. This is also. A, uh, a very good time to mention that multiple people in the comments are cautioning against uh, joint accounts, you know, early on in relationships, yeah, no preferably after marriage takes place, because then they can't empty out an account like that uh, um, legally. Actually, after you're married, you still can, because uh, you, still have, you can. still have legal access to that money. However, once you have actually filed or either uh, a legal separation or divorce, then uh, that can be looked at as, as various. But you know, just just doing it because, and then in preparation for your your absconsion, um, no. But you know, I, 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 my wife and I, we both had separate accounts, and we were actually married a couple of years before we merged them together. We still have separate accounts. Yep. We have we joint do. accounts, but we have separate accounts too. We we have a joint account for the household bills. Like we make sure that the bills get paid out of that, and then everything else is hers, and everything else is mine is mine. You know, it, people. Lessons from financial abuse and previous marriages. Pretty much, <laughs> it sucks to see. It. Well, it just it sucks to see it happen to somebody else. It really does. You know, but. At the end of the day, I love me a good story of pro-revenge. And you said you got another one for pro-revenge, too? I got one more. All righty. This one's probably about the same in length, so I hope that's okay. No, that's perfectly okay. Go for it. Fire it will, babe. Mock the elderly and disabled? Justice is served many years later. This is a story about a piece of shit receiving their deserved karma several years later. Many years ago, I worked in the lovely career of retail. It's sadly normal for there to be a constant flow of shop scum that make you despise their existence, and there are those that are so horrific that what they do is burned into your mind forever. Fortunately, one of these unforgettable moments allowed me to extract a particular breed of revenge. I had only worked in retail for one year in this newly built store and was starting to settle in. 
getting to know the great customers and understanding that some people just shouldn't be allowed outside, which being a shy person who hates conflict wasn't the best. But at least one of my customers was an absolutely adorable elderly lady who always made time to talk and was an absolute joy to be with. It had been some weeks since I had last seen her, but one morning I see her car park in the disabled parking bay. She already has a blue badge. Only this time, she hobbled out of the car on crutches with a pot on her leg. Uh, a pot is a big leg cast, like a boot. Um, I didn't have the chance to talk to her yet when a work truck, which did not have a blue disabled badge, pulled into the disabled space next to her and out jumped an early 40s builder with their teenage kid. Well, this little old lady was having none of this and must have absolutely massive balls of steel and stood up to this ignorant builder and politely informed them that they shouldn't be parking there as it's for the disabled and he doesn't have a badge. What happened next, I can't forget. This builder decided the best course of action was to humiliate and insult this poor elderly lady in crutches, accusing her of faking her disability and claimed that the cast on her leg was a fake and that she probably milks the benefit system for as much money as possible, then walks off putting on an overdramatic fake limp, laughing away with their teenage kid whilst the old lady stood there in shock. Sadly, being one who lacks courage, I did absolutely nothing about it, and that would stick with me forever. I tried feebly to ask a manager later to do something about it, but they didn't care or didn't want to get involved. For years, I worked in this store, always seeing this scum builder come in and out. Fortunately, I never interacted with scum builder, but I saw them often, and every time I did, I would always remember what they had done vividly. I would still see them park in the disabled bays, and even got to the point where I would recognize them by the large blue Mercedes they also drove. Seven years later, I was still working in this store. And this scum is still parking in disabled parking and looking like an absolute cunt. Yet this year, I was blessed with good fortune and our store was outfitted with some, absolute joy with some absolutely joyful equipment. Due to the high number of complaints, our store had set up a company to deal with parking violations. But instead of having external parties come in and ticketing the cars, the staff of the store were given the ticketing machine. And it was our duty to go to the car park and record any cars that violated the parking rules. This is all done digitally, and there would be no paper tickets upon the cars. This was brilliant. As soon as I found out, I knew exactly what I was going to do. <clears throat> it didn't take long for me to learn how to use the machine, and it certainly didn't take long for the opportunity to get revenge. And so it began. There were three rules for parking, and if you break these rules, there is a lovely 80-pound fine in return each time it happened. The first rule, no parking in disabled without a badge. And I know well that the scum builder is certainly violating this rule, and it wasn't long until I saw him next, and soon as he entered the store, I quickly scurried out with the ticketing machine, and lo and behold, there was the oversized blue Mercedes in the closest disabled bay with no badge. I smashed the car details in with some well-shot photos and sent the report off so that they would receive a lovely letter of their fine they would ask to be paid. Mm. That's not enough, though. But fortunately, it takes them weeks for them to finally receive the ticket, which grants me the opportunity to constantly ticket their parking violations. 
because you would expect the scum would always park in disabled, and as I had worked in the front of the store, I would always know where they parked, where and when they parked. After ticketing their car dozens of times, the scum unfortunately learned their lesson as their oversized blue Mercedes no longer appeared in disabled parking bays. But as you would expect, the scum would still be scum. A shark's gonna shark. <laughs> and they would find their new parking space inside of child parking. <sighs> rule number two. Remember the three rules? Rule two. Don't park inside child parking without a child. Had this scum gotten enough, I thought? Of course not. They hadn't learned their lesson and continued to be a complete wanker and park in the child parking, uh, which we didn't have many spaces for. At this point, I knew all their car details by heart and would gleefully fill out the ticket machine as I skipped over to their car, violating the child parking, and take the photos needed for them, including shots of their, of their cat seats. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Shots of their car seats that have no child seats in them. So they weren't, they didn't have any like booster seats in them. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And as it became more routine, this once again carried on for a few weeks more of tickets being created and eventually they start receiving the fines. Fortunately, me being that I am completely invisible to others and often looked over, I have yet to be seen or caught. But as all good things must eventually come to an end, when the scum came into the shop, their blue turd of an automobile was no longer there in child parking, or disabled. Had the scum finally learnt their lesson? Would you be surprised if they hadn't? Because it didn't take me long to find them. Rule three, you must park inside of a marked bay. And what a surprise that scum still manages to fuck this up. They would park over the line, taking up two spaces. Well, guess what? That's a job for me and my ticket machine. Trying to park inside taxi parking but can't fit the big-ass car in? Boom. That ain't inside a marked bay and catching or catching another ticket and fine for the builder. Have one single wheel slightly over the white line of a bay? Well, guess who technically broke the rule? That's right. Scumbag did. And there goes a few more weeks of fun until eventually Scumbag runs out of ways they can possibly break the rules and our company hires externally to start ticketing cars, so my beloved weapon of justice goes to rest. Now I know what people are probably going to say, that all of these fines are not enforceable because of blah 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 blah. But honestly, I don't care for a few reasons. Firstly, I'm being paid to do this, so either way, my time or money isn't wasted. Secondly, it did have the effect uh, I desired as they repeatedly changed their parking habits. And thirdly, even if they don't end up paying, they are still going to spend a fuck ton of time and effort trying to overturn them over and over again, Const having to constantly being har be harassed by mail. Grammar got a little weird there. Uh, overall, if all the fines are counted separate and added up, they would have received thousands of pounds worth of fines building up over time just for being scum. Cherry on top, about three years later, I walk by this piece of scum at the car park and watch as they scream at some innocent dude in a high-vis jacket, accusing them of being the one for all of the parking fines. Which put me at peace, knowing that this must have seriously got to them and caused them to still be raving mad after three years. That's it. Hmm. You know what? I, I think that's a great use of, like, the Hotel Bell Paradox. You know, like, this company was like, 
or whoever the powers of be are, are like, okay, we're going to make this uh, electronic ticketing device. You know, and it's it's just like a hotel bell. You sit a hotel bell out and somebody's going to fucking ring it. You give people the ability. You give people the ability to take justice in their own hands, especially while they're on the clock and they get paid to do it. Of course, somebody's going to go out there with that little fucking thing. Of course, somebody's going to go out there and start writing up tickets. And you know what? I don't blame them. I think that's a great way of revenge. You know what? Guy doesn't want to. Guy doesn't want to play by the rules of the sandbox. You know, go out there and take a picture of his car. So what if the fines are enforceable? You're right. You're getting paid to do it either way. Nobody's bitching at you for going out there and doing it anyhow. So, you know, eh. I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, well, they're right. They're not enforceable. But the thing about it is they're, they're, they're super annoying. And a lot of times those companies that do uh, private party ticketing, they look legit. That's the idea. So there's, <laughs> And if the guy's an asshole, he's probably an idiot too. Which tells me that he's probably paying them. <laughs> More than likely. More than likely. I mean, um, he's got that big blue Mercedes. And there seems to be a correlating trend between assholery and intelligence and empathy. Yeah. They, they all seem to, uh, to either go together or not go at all. You know, it's like some people, you can look at some people and be like, eh, well, two out of three ain't bad. Now with this one, you either have have it or you or you don't. Hmm. I mean, you know, cat, uh, caregiver Katie and I run into people fucking around in disabled parking all the time. It's almost oh so, my gosh. She uh, she actually had to call. Gonna, the, I was gonna tell this. You want to you want to go yeah. ahead? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so handicap parking has been a theme in my life ever since I was a child because. My mother had a heart condition, which was not a visible disability, and people would come up and yell at her all the time. And she had handicap parking. So there's that. A, don't harass people who have handicap parking that are that don't look like they should have handicap parking because you don't know. Fuck off. Mind your own business. Secondly, if you do have handicap parking or do not have handicap parking, either one of those, don't park in the little slotted lines. Those are for wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. Meaning that if you park there and somebody next to you, you know, is in a car that is also handicapped, that usually means that there's a wheelchair in there some way. And you can even mostly tell because they have it on the doors that this is a wheelchair loading door. But of course, you know, most people aren't... um, observant because you know it doesn't affect them so whatever and the perpetrators of that heinous crime more often than not are other handicapped people specifically elderly people who can't be walking long distances which i completely understand um however you know it 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 comes down to you know your interpersonality skills i guess because you need to be, at least be aware, especially if there's an open non-handicapped spot right next to it. Point in, uh, like, and here's the other thing is that it's up to the business to call in to tow away, at least in the United States, in most places, it's up to the business to call in to have a non-handicapped vehicle towed from a handicapped space. And a lot of times the business won't do it because they don't want to 
you know, anger their customers. And so a particular example that we have been through is, you know, go to a doctor's office. Oh, the doctor's office. This, this doctor's office has the worst parking you could possibly imagine. They have three handicapped spots, two next to the door and one on the other side of the door with no actual way to get a wheelchair, like other side of the building with no actual way to get a wheelchair around the building without being in the road, which is a steep ass hill. So in, in the occasion that I'm speaking of, we were parked in the handicap slot. Uh, another car has pulled in and it's in the wheelchair parking. It is not safe for me to back up the car to open the door because of the way that the hill is. People have to come like, you know, shooting up this hill just to get over, over the hump or, or you don't make it up the hill. It's, it's just not safe. So, um, we call the police because that's what I thought we were supposed to do. Um, and they were basically like, look, we can't tell you who that car belongs to or anything like that. The doctor's not gonna, The doctor's office isn't going to tell you who the car belongs to. They're probably, you know, in a patient or a patient seeing a doctor right now. So you'll just have to wait, I guess. Sorry. Yep. And so the police officer looks up the, uh, the uh, dude's name or to see who the car was registered to because he wasn't going to leave a ticket because it's on private property. Meaning that unless the doctor's office themselves says something and wants them to leave a ticket, he can't do it or won't. I don't know. But uh, doctor's office didn't want to do anything. Um, and he goes back in and he asks for that person by name, which they have to, you know, I guess get him then. And all in all, people are going to park in places they shouldn't. And the law has very little reach um, and private property for things like that. But you know what does work? Shame. And every time the look on this old man's face when he realizes that he fucked up and parked in a spot and made this dude in a wheelchair who looks crippled as fuck. Yes, I do. Wait, in the cold, um, I hope maybe might make him stop and think the next time he wants to be a jackass. And that's just, that's just one example. I mean, like, we've run into other examples of people just not making, making the, you know, making the mark, I guess, as far as... Uh, the best choices. Yeah, or the best choices as far as uh, parking goes, so... This was a particularly refreshing example. You know, guy can't pick on the cripple, so he goes after the kids. No, no, you can't park there either. Uh-huh. You know, guy's just going to have to end up having, you know. I bet you all the tickets that he ended up paying, the non-enforceable tickets that he ended up paying, would have actually cost more than getting a scratch removed from his door. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's just me. Either way, folks... I had a great time today on episode 10 of the Subcockles of Reddit. Special thanks to Caregiver Katie for joining me this morning and helping me read through some of these, uh, you know, more nuanced posts from Pro Revenge. The word he's and looking for, for is lengthy. Well, Sorry. Not, no, thank you. Content. <laughs> Either way, episode 10 coming to a close. I'm your host, The Buck. 
with my co-host, the Raz Grease, and our special guest re reader, Caregiver Katie, wishing you all a wonderful, safe, and happy week.